what's up? This is Randy with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about anything and everything that can drive a sane person stark raving mad. It could be about, I don't know, it could be about anything really, but what are we talking about all the motherfucking time? The coronavirus. So I should have I should have an introduction specifically for that. I know Franklin said I should do that. I haven't done that. I didn't even do the regular introduction because this this rant literally came out of the blue. It was not planned. This there, there it just kind of happened because hazmat and the conversation just kind of happened perfectly timed between bedtime for the Buddha belly and the appreciation clap for the frontline workers. Lewis had the kid occupied while contributing in the background, and we were able to bang one out. And hazmat doesn't often come onto the podcast rant. However, when she does, it is often to soothe the soul in her calm, cool, collective, compartmentalized way, unlike myself, who is a raving lunatic. Uh, so you, enough of me talking. We'll get to her talking and her, her uh, methodology and how she's handling shopping and, and dealing with food issues and Lewis coming in and going out of the house and how Lewis is dealing with that anxiety and how to compartmentalize that anxiety. And basically, she's out there. Uh, in the suburbs, and I am clearly still stuck here in the middle middle of Manhattan. I'm in Harlem. It's not the middle of Manhattan. That's actually not correct. But it sounded good, so fuck it. Uh, all right, there's not there's not much more for me to say other than let let the soothing voice of hazmat <laughs> wash over you, and I will shut the fuck up. Listen, you're you're on. You have everything to say because you're going to talk about compartmentalizing because you're rational, you're functional. Sometimes you have a functioning brain cell and you have you, you were, that was a really good point you made about com- being able to compartmentalize your anxiety and all of your fucked up like fears. mental compartmentalization and mental compartmentalization. <laughs> wow. Somebody got off the smart bus today. I didn't get that Metro card. All right, so after you're done compartmentalizing, because I, I don't know, I, I don't see myself getting on a subway, going anywhere, ordering food from anyone, and you just said that that amazing ice, what's the name of that ice cream place? Applegate Farms. Oh my fucking God. Applegate, it should be, oh my fucking God, Applegate Farms ice cream, which is, we'll post a picture just to give them a little props with the podcast, because that, that ice cream cone was as big as my head, and I think it was a medium. I yeah. think I went medium. Did I go medium, just for the record? I think I went medium. Or did I go big or go home? Whatever it was, it was humongous. It was probably like a kid's size. All right, so how are you? Okay, so you, you have a system. Because we talked about food delivery. I, I, I'm not comfortable at all right yeah. now doing any of that. <laughs> so I, you have a thing. So Lou goes to the supermarket. Louis goes yeah. shopping. And then... Lou goes to the store. And while Lou is at the store... I clear things off the kitchen counter so that when he comes home after I put everything away, I can clean without having other stuff in the way and not, like, contaminating other things in the kitchen. Do you make him strip down to his drawers before he comes in the house like Wapa before she goes home to jail? No, he comes in the house and washes his hands and then takes off all his clothes and takes a shower. Okay, does where does his clothes go in, like, the hamper or yeah. something? Okay, so his clothes go go. So he does right. essentially take off his outside clothes. Yes. Okay. And the shoes have to be left outside. Shoes are left outside. So you don't... Okay, because see, for me, I'd be like, just take your clothes off at the door. Why walk them through the whole house? Because at that point, what's the yeah, point of I taking don't... your clothes off? He wouldn't agree to, t- to doing that. <laughs> I, have to, I have to do what, you know, what, what 
he's willing to do. He's barely willing to do this. All right, so go ahead. So I deal with what I can get. Uh, so while he's at the store, I clear shelves in the cabinet that are going to go where the new food is going to be so that it's not going with the old food so that I don't have them contaminated. Okay. Then I also do the same in the refrigerator and in the freezer. So okay. I put all the new stuff away. And then I do you have down. a oh I was gonna say do you have a wipe down process sorry I cut you off I don't wipe down the individual items because I read that you shouldn't do that and also it's too tedious I can't um, so I just wipe down the counters and the refrigerator and all the handles that I touched when I put stuff away and then I also mop the floor so you don't leave the gro- you don't leave anything non perishable sit outside like in the hallway or in the garage for like for twenty four hours and then bring it inside. No, I, I put it away in the kitchen, but it's in its holding shelf until I feel safe enough to eat it or I get really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that this is what we're talking about right now on a Monday afternoon? Processes for putting away food during a global fucking pandemic. Okay, so you put what what has happened? Where are we? So you put away okay, so then everything's on its shelves. Lewis is already upstairs in the shower. He's probably already done showering. Is there, does he have to, is there a time limit? Like, does he need to like be in a hot, scalding hot shower for like 10 minutes or? Yeah, I mean a regular time shower. And then he patiently waits in the living room for me to clear him to go back into the kitchen once I (laughs) sanitized everything. It really, do you know what I'm thinking? What I have in my head? Waiting for me to let him in. Do you remember that in Monsters, Inc. whenever anybody got touched by a monster? And they had to come and all those yellow men dropped out of the ceiling by the ropes and they like sprayed whatever got touched down and then like nobody could touch it. They used like those giant tongs to like lift them and move them. I literally, that just like flashed in front of my face when you said like I put him on a timer and then you you bring him his next change of clothes. You know, it's a process, but... It makes me feel better. You have to just do, like, whatever you can to make yourself feel more comfortable. The stuff from the bakery is a challenge, though, because I get all these, like, amazing breads and donuts, and I have to just put them away and wait. But you know what's interesting? I did catch Sanjay Gupta, because this is what I watch in the morning. I, I watch Cuomo. I turn on. I've now gone from MSNBC because I cannot stand Morning Joe. I, morning Joe is just a fucking car wreck it's always been a car wreck but it's been one of those like when it was not about this kind of stuff it was always one of those you can't look away because it was so bad it was good now it's just impossible to watch and i go to i really like john berman and uh oh god what's her name it's gonna escape me for the minute it's the two of them in the morning john berman and Alyssa camarada and they have a really good banter back and forth, and they're very funny, and they're very honest and very open about, like, their fears, their, like, what, how they're living and what they're doing. And Sanjay came on, and he said, like, you don't he, – he agreed. You don't necessarily have to wipe down all of your food because it's not – and or eating. It's not – as long as you wash your hands because right. it's not transmitted. Like, once you ingest the food, it's – that is not how it is transmitted. Obviously, it's a respiratory disease. You have to inhale it, I guess, and it has to get in your yeah. lungs. And even I know that – that's not how that works when you eat something. and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you can't get it from food. But it's still an interesting process because I was leaving things outside in the hallway. Like if somebody would bring me something, I would leave it outside in the hallway for tw- like overnight 
And then I would bring it in. I would even wipe it down. And then I was like, this is a fucking waste of wipes. I have, like, one more box of, like, Clorox wipes from... Well, that's why I can't wipe everything down because I don't have enough disinfectant to do that with all the groceries. Yeah. I'm holding on to my disinfectant in case one of us gets sick. God forbid. And that person has to go live in the attic. Is that your quarantine space? The attic? That's my plan. Or the basement. The basement's not livable. Yeah, you have an attic that is very uh, livable and probably haunted, but which we (laughs) still have to, which is still on the still on the bucket list to to do. We need to do a a ghost hunting uh, situation there. But um, yeah, it's really fucked up. Like I just, I am at a spot right now where I think I have. I was never that person. I was never that anxious. Like I'm not going. I'm not doing anything. There's so many things I want to do. I want to volunteer. I want to try to do something to contribute to help. But yet I'm like almost paralyzed to like leave for more than the morning dog walk where now if I see eight people, I'm like, holy fuck, this is a lot of fucking people. And I'm like back in the house now before seven, eight people. I live in a city of not where there's nine million fucking people here. I think you are more resilient than you realize. Like, I, I remember you had told me that you were like really scared and freaked out after nine 11 and you didn't want to go like downtown, but well, I still have that PTSD. I still do the, see something, say something. I still stand by the exits in the sub. I still have all the shit. It doesn't stop you from going anywhere. It's different though. Like that. I mean, I think it's different. I think it's going to take a while, but you will go back to doing those things that you did before. You have a lo- you have way more fucking confidence because I I try first of all I really try never to think it's horrible. I try not to think about talk about look at things having to do with 9/11 because I do have like all that weird like triggering shit that starts crazy shit like you know you I look at bags and shit on the subway or bags on people or bags that are left on the street when somebody like puts something down and like goes somewhere I'm like, "Whoa, you can't leave that there." Uh-oh. But- Everybody, <laughs> every, every, you know, all New Yorkers are vigilant that way. Whereas I think people in other cities would be like, what are you doing? That's so weird. Why are you? Yeah. Why are you standing by the exit? Why won't you walk down the platform or why won't you, you know, why do you always stand by the door of the subway? Like why? It's weird. Like there's weird shit that still, I don't know how you get over this because I don't want to stand next to anybody. I don't know. I don't fucking know you. I don't know who you're around this whole, like, I don't know who you touched. I don't know if you've had it. I don't know. Like, you know where you've been did you wash your hands like the same thing with like the kid upstairs like i have to wipe down i go every i walk the dog every night i'm with paper towels like opening the lock and and like washing my hands seven thousand times because he's a good kid but he's not aware he touches the door every time he goes out to like smoke his weed and like i don't know if he's he's for sure going outside he's for sure like you know he's not and i told him to shave his beard and he doesn't want to shave his i said dude look it's not for me you know, are you wearing a mask? Or are you not wearing a mask? I see one. Of, I see his uncle or whoever that is downstairs, always walking outside wearing a mask. But I, I don't know. I haven't seen him, so I, I couldn't say. But I know that everybody's procedures and the way they like now navigate their way. And as a mom, like you have a kid, like you have to think about, you know, other things that. Yeah, it's really hard when I walk around the neighborhood because most of the people will move out of the way. And some people won't. And I, and I like fall into a habit of like, oh, they're going to cross the street. You know, it's just like one person or it's like two adults. Like they're going to cross the street because I have him in the stroller or the car or whatever. Uh, but then every once in a while somebody won't cross the street. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just get out of my way? But do you say that out loud or are you saying that internally? I say it to my 
myself. Yeah, see, that's the. Di- I would say that shit out loud, and that's the re- like you now. Everybody, like Lewis said, is everybody is so edgy, and everybody's twitchy, and everybody's like, and, and I understand that, and I'm not looking at like this poor guy in Michigan got shot in the fucking head because he was doing his job, and he said you cannot come in here without a mask, and a, and what kind of person leaves? Goes home, doesn't get a mask, so they could go into the fucking store. They go and get a gun and shoot the guy in the fucking head. Like it's 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 nuts. And like not God, I'm I'm hoping like the woman that I told to put on a mask who was at the hill again this morning, same woman, no okay. fucking mask, saw me, and I guess she remembered me from screaming at her, which was only yesterday, because it seems like it was forever ago. Right. Like, leashed up her dog and, like, walked 7,000 feet away from me because I was like, bitch, I'm not playing with you. Like, I don't – it's 52 days in. Like, what don't you get? I just feel like it's such a small thing that you can do to make other people feel more comfortable. Right, like, like suburban parents need to be like, oh, she has a kid. Let me be courteous. And you should say to them, hello, like, why should you have to move? Like, this is the game. Like, why should you move? Why don't they move? Who moves? You don't say anything. You say it to yourself. Like, put on a mask. I'd be like... I have my own system. Whoever has more stuff is the one who gets to stay still. So, like, I saw a mom who had two kids on scooters and a dog. And I was like, I will get out of her way because she's juggling a lot of things. But that's rational because you are a thinking, rational, empathetic, caring, understanding person. Like, everybody else, it just seems that this has become such a selfish, like, situation because, I don't know, do all 7,000 people that went down to the West Village, were they like, I need to work on my fucking tan, so when they stick me in a box or hook me up to a ventilator, at least I look good? Like, who, I just, I don't understand the rationale, like, the same way that, like, you try to rationalize and then compartmentalize everything with your big fancy words. (laughs) <laughs> mentalization compartmentalization and uh i'm just making stuff up i have mom brain i don't know what they but i think like lewis goes shopping like what does he do he does he say anything to people that like get pissed i cry before i leave and then i go <laughs> are you nervous lewis are you are you nervous though what no lewis like, not at all. He has no anxiety. Like, I've never met anybody that has zero anxiety. I wonder how that is, if that's, like, genetic or learned. Like It's because Lou has been through yeah. a lot of crazy things. Wait, like he's Yeah, he's, like, almost died. I've had last rites. Yeah, he's had his last rites. Like, he's had so many serious surgeries and so many medical things happen to him. And, like... If I was in his position, I would be in a constant state of panic. Right. Like, he has a mechanical heart valve. All day long, I would be thinking, when is this mechanical heart valve going to stop working? It's, Randy, you were talking about 9-11 before, and I'm not, I'm not patting myself on any kind of back, but I think <laughs> you rationalize it by saying, there's no other option. I'm going to work. Work is near where the World Trade Center was. I don't have to, like, I got to leave my house. At what point do I say, this is where I can't go anymore? Yeah. So quality of life is more important than being afraid of like some guy taking his mask off to have a cigarette online the supermarket. Ugh. But, it, I, but the here's but here's how I here's how I twist that. 
I agree. When you say it rationally, I completely fucking agree with you. And then I sit there and say that guy taking off his mask to have a fucking cigarette could pretend not, not his cigarette could kill me. But if he coughs and he's asymptomatic, he could fucking kill me. Yeah, he could. And he does not care at all. That's what I think. That's the problem. It's how you and this is what I want to talk to. And I won't say his name because he doesn't want to have his name. But I really want I've been begging him to come on the podcast because I think we're going to have to start talking about how to deprogram that. Like, how do you start to unthink, or like what you said, compartmentalize in a in a healthy way, those kind of thoughts? Because yeah, I mean, as a psychiatrist, there's got to be some way that you can like some skill set that you can provide people to be able to like flip that shit. Like every time you think a thought like that, then X or Y. I suck in algebra, so I don't want to go. What? The bottom line is like where. He's up the stairs. <laughs> That's okay. I could hear him. Measure compared to whether you're alive or not. Because if you're happy as a pig and shit and you're hooked up to a ventilator, does it matter? Or does it does going outside to see the sunrise count for something? That's romantic, but that's kind of what... Listen, you can go out to see the sunrise. I, I'm, I'm up at four in the morning. You go out to see the sunrise when there's two people outside, and then you're back inside after having seen the sunrise. Look, if the sun didn't rise until eight o'clock, I would not stand out there until eight o'clock just to wait to see the sunrise. I'm fortunate that I don't sleep anyway. I never have slept, but okay. I'm not putting. I'm not saying what you should do. Turn this back because now I'm digging through the feces. No. I'm not saying what you what you should do. I'm saying we all are going to have to say what call like at what expense are we willing to do X, Y, and Z? Because I think in a lot of people's cases they make the decision without making the decision. Right, and then the they walk in. Right. The the problem is, and the challenge is, there's 800 million people on this planet that all have different. A different spectrum of what X, Y, and Z is. So my whole thing is, until there's a, a, I guess like everybody else, until there's a vaccine, this is just going to be the way you have to find these mental compartmentalizations to cope. I think you should trademark that word, by the way. (laughs) I've used it already 15 times, and uh, you could be getting money every time. That's total nonsense because I think it's redundant. I think compartmentalizing is mental, but in any event. No, I can put socks in a compartment. It's physical. <laughs> you make Lou take off his clothes and compartmentalize them in the That's true. In the hamper. <laughs> Where are you going? Dylan. All right. I don't know. I think it's a very interesting conversation. I think moms have, like, families are have a whole different set of, like, issues that they have to confront. And, and like, so do, and, and everybody else. You have your issues. Lewis has his. You're in the same house. You have to find a compromise. In that regard, I, I'm by myself. I have to compromise with myself. And psychologically, that's becoming quite a battle. <laughs> all, all the best advice I know is from AA. So Yeah, you got I, the chips. We got to get some I chips. People like letting other children have play dates and, you know, having parties and not social distancing. And it's really frustrating. Uh, I remind myself of my favorite AA phrase, let go and let God. Okay, but what, okay, so I'm just going to do let go, because I'm not really sure on the God part. So I'm just going to let go, and then, like, see whatever, whatever happens. But I think you can come back. I think you need to do a daily chips posting on Instagram. Like, chips with hat, chips with hazmat. There's so many good ones, so many good AA sayings. Which is like a whole, which is a whole nother compartmentalization. (laughs) 
Yeah. Are exactly. We, do we need more? Whoop, do we need more? Oh, I love AA sayings. My my very favorite one is uh, what's the one about the the hallway? Oh, it's a. Uh, they tell in the hallways, basically. It's, uh, what is it? Between the doors, it's like, uh, I forget. So the, Every time God closes a door, he opens a window, but it's hell in the hallway or something like that. Yeah. I like, everybody's full of shit, fuck them. That's a good I one. I'm joining your. I'm joining yours. I'm joining your section. <laughs> Save me. You don't have to be anonymous. You just tell everybody who you are. And you go, you know what? I think you're full of shit. Fuck them. I'm good with that. That's right up my alley. I'm okay. I, I can definitely join that group for sure. I think it is the right thing, though, to say what you mean. mean what you say, don't say it. That um, to to speak your mind, though, and and tell people what you're comfortable with. Like, I really wish I could affect some change and make people understand that Ooh, this is not a joke. If we don't do the social distancing correctly, a, a lot of people are going to die. It's it's not like you know. We're not being hypochondriacs. We're not being like, uh, we're not overreacting. We're not being overly cautious. If we don't do this right, 14 days from like this past weekend, I'm sure that there's going to be a spike in cases. I think you're right. I, I, I think you're 100% right. So many people right. went outside for the nice weather. The challenge for me is that I don't think there's been a single voice, including Dr. Fauci's. That says this is the situation. Like, this is the criteria. We, I keep reading more and more information. That says don't get in large gatherings, and I no one has identified what a large gathering is. Uh, two, um, pe- two, two people. <laughs> right. <but> that's <laughs> like, is it is it a football stadium? Is it a funeral? Is it ten people? Is it six people? Is it? I think two is too many because it only takes one to spread it to one who spreads it to twenty. Like, your two is two is. I think that's that's the other problem. I think that the guidelines are unclear. Uh, the CDC does not answer every question. No. Like my in-laws asked. Nor should they. Like, when can they see their grandson again? And I asked Google, when <laughs> can my child see his grandparents again? And I did not get a clear answer. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe compartmentalizing that into Google, not the best plan. <laughs> <laughs> Try Siri. <laughs> CDC website. I didn't find anything there either. Like, I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know when they'll see Dylan again. Um, I think you should. I'll tweet it at. I'll tweet it at a bunch of doctors and see if I get a response. Thank you. That will help, and then I can send that to my in-laws because I think I'm insane. (laughs) Listen, I tried when they said that the droplets like hang in the. I asked my friend. The droplets do not hang in the air for three hours. That's not accurate. I think that's more or less for somebody who's very symptomatic, like in a hospital. Uh, but basically, she said until there's until there is legitimate proven contact tracing, there's gonna there there's no way that this there's no. That's why you and I are gonna be the world's best contract tracers. That's how we're gonna affect change here. I'm gonna affect yeah. You can do that. I'm gonna continue to stick my head out the window and scream at people. I think it'll actually be a really interesting job for you because I imagine it involves calling people who have coronavirus. Yeah, it's it's. I'll send you the uh, I'll send you the description. We're both going to apply. We can let everybody know we're going to apply. A lot of anxiety and are feeling pretty bad. There's a shit ton. I don't know how you can't be human and not feel anxious on some level, like just a little, even if it's like a uh, 
Mm. You know what's funny? Because I really don't feel any anxiety then. I broke out in hives the other day. I had no idea why. Uh, because psycholo- because you know what? Deep down, psychologically, it's in there. You, it, it's buried in there, and it's showing. It's coming out, and it's it's compartmentalized as hives. Because <laughs> it's like I don't. I feel no anxiety. Like my heart rate doesn't raise. I don't think about it at all. I get in the car and I go do the thing. But then, yeah, remember I came down the other day, honey. I said I'm, I got spots. Yeah, this is like weird stuff all over, like one side of his back. I diagnosed him with shingles. Okay, but. Mazel Tov. Oh, well, <laughs> shingles is no better, unfortunately. <laughs> I was wrong. Jeez. It's gone. It's not shingles. All right, thank God. All right, we'll check, we'll check back in with you for, uh, for, for more updates and, and more uh, chips, more quotes on, on chips, anecdotes, and sayings, and deep thoughts, and dips and chips, and hummus, and oh, I miss all that stuff. All the things. Hi. Go get your cowbell ready. Oh, I'm going to get my cowbell ready. Yeah, it is almost time to clap for everybody. All right, we'll check. Are you hanging up? Are we done with Woof Woof TV? Yeah, he's gone. He's playing with the humidifier. All right, I'm going to post a rant later tonight after I'm done DJing. Mazel tov, <laughs> thanks for contributing. It was terrible. I'm sorry. It, it was great. People will love to hear from you. Calm, cool, collected, <laughs> and compartmentalized. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Yay, it is not very often that we get hazmat. <laughs> To, to get in on the rant. Lewis, on the other hand, good for ranting all the time. Also a very good human being. He is a good egg. Uh, and he, it's amazing that the guy literally can stand there, all seven feet, two of him, uh, and talk about how he has no anxiety. If you heard uh, Hazmat mention, he has a mechanical heart valve and a lot of other things. Clearly multiple uh, life and death experiences, which we could definitely uh, delve into deeper, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to share. He is a proud member of the Marfan community. He's very involved in organizations that have to do with supporting Marfan um, and everything about it. So if you're interested in learning more about that, go Google Marfan, and I could hook you up with Lewis. If you know anybody with Marfan, if you're interested in learning more about Marfan, if you're interested in contributing to Marfan, uh, organizations that support people with Marfan, uh, anything having to do with that, let me know. He is an amazing human being. Hazmat, also a good egg. The calm, the cool, the collect, I mean, literally, the uh, the voice of calm in a uh, storm of epic proportions. Uh, I, I I would jump into her boat any motherfucking day of the week. <laughs> I'm not sure she would let me in. She may or may not push me out or row very quickly away. Then again, she probably wouldn't row away because she's also not that kind of person. Like there are those people that would see someone else coming and like row faster or, you know, rev the motor or one of those. <laughs> she is not that person. I may or may not be that person. I'm not quite sure anymore. Uh, but it's always calming to uh, to talk to her, uh, and and just so you know, she the nickname Hazmat came because of her OCD level of germophobia, which which has to also be insanely anxiety producing. So she really puts up a very good front. I'm sure everybody is working really hard to not crumble into a bazillion million pieces and to keep it together and to focus on the positive and to, like everybody says, control what they can control. But still, it's a fucking shit show. And I have never been a person of of anxiety purport. Like, I, 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 there was no anxiety. Like, and everybody keeps comparing it to 9-11. And I have to say, just for the record, it's fucking not the same. It's not the same. 
and everybody's experiences at 9-11 are different depending on where you were, who you know, how you were impacted. Obviously, for someone like me, 9-11 was something that was thrust upon us. Yes, this virus is thrust upon us. We can't control it, but we can control how we react moving through it and navigating our way through it. We didn't have a choice as to how to navigate how we moved actually through the actual moments of 9-11 as the situation was unfolding, the tragedy was unfolding right before our fucking eyes. Some of us literally right before our eyes, like myself. Things that you can unsee that you'll never unsee that when you talk about it, you see that flash before your mind's eye that certain things trigger and things like that that lead to other like PTSD type behaviors and everybody that was around, everybody that was involved, everybody that saw it, see it, knew someone, saw it on the news, however you experienced September 11th will stay with you in its own way. And yes, like things happened then and afterward there were all sorts of things. I couldn't come above 14th Street. There was no transportation. I mean, obviously there were things I couldn't move around for that. I was living in an illegal sublet. I mean, there's a million stories I can tell about that that I'm more able to talk about now and I don't have any problem sharing any of my issues surrounding that and, and the PTSD that I have and, and all of those things. But it's not the same. It's not the same now as going out. 9-11 was a one. This was what they're saying. Like 9-11, Katrina, these were one-time incidents with visible, catastrophic c- casualty. Like it, it, it was a the catastrophe you could see literally in front of your face. This Virus you cannot see unless you know someone that is directly impacted, got a phone call from someone, got a text from someone, saw somebody's collage of someone posted on Instagram, and then you knew what was coming in the text to follow. It's different. It's not the same. The anxiety is not the same. Like, I could walk outside after 9-11 and walk past you comfortably and know that I wasn't going to catch something that could potentially kill me. Yes, I could walk by you and... Look at your backpack and you could look like a shady motherfucker and this is not any racial profiling or stereotyping. There's plenty of people that, you know, got left packages and shit, copycat people, fucked up crazy individuals that were just fucking around. But I would walk by you and not think that because I walked by you, I could potentially die. This is dip- this is now if I walk by you, I could die from because of you, because of your ignorance, because of your refusal to wear a mask. I mean, we've rehashed this 17,000 fucking ways to Sunday, but I just, I feel, I feel it's not the same. I understand people wanting to make the correlation to, to behavior, but the behavior is completely different. I'm not going to stand by the exit of a subway platform because I think I'm less likely to catch the coronavirus there. I'm standing by the exit of a subway platform because God forbid a million fucking times a bomb goes off in the fucking subway station or on an incoming train, I can get the fuck above ground and get out and run in some unknown direction. It's not like that with this fucking virus. I'm not going to you know, see something, say something, use an app to take a picture of a suitcase, an unattended suitcase by a park bench that's been there for over an hour that I've watched and looked at and monitored. Like I walk in the park, is it still there when I come out of the park? Because then God forbid something happens and I have this guilt that if I don't say something and God forbid it is a fucking bomb and people die or get hurt or get maimed or have to suffer through the explosion, the post-traumatic stress, cops have to go. Like there's so many ripple effects that I, I can't live with that on my head that I have to call. That's not like this. 
There's not going to be a coronavirus app that I'm going to take a picture of someone not wearing a mask and report to my... It's like fucking tattletaling. I'm like a two-year-old. You're a fucking grown-ass human being, especially if you're out with kids and you're a parent and you're responsible for other littler human beings. Put the mask on, whether you think it works or not. The psychological comfort that it brings to everybody else also counts for something because it reduces the level of anxiety and reduces the level of stress. It reduces the edginess. It reduces the twitchiness. It reduces the fucking fear factor. And now there is a fear factor. How fearful are you of going outside? Some people have less fear. Some people have more. I go out in the morning when there are less people, I'm less fearful. I'm not going down to the West Village. I'm not getting on my bike and tooling around the city. Most likely because I don't want to crash or fall off my bike, hurt myself, get a flat tire. I don't know, get dinged by a cab, get doored by a bus. I I mean, a million, I've been hit by a car. Like a million things could happen when you ride a bike in the city, whether or not it's empty-ish. I don't want to end up like in an ambulance. I have shitty health insurance as it is. They barely scrape me up off the fucking pavement. So I'm going to minimize any of those risks. It's not because I'm afraid of riding my bike around the city. Jeffrey rode by, he's on his bike, he rides uptown to the bridge and back. That's okay. He, that's okay for him. But he also has kids at home that he has to think about. Like, what if something happened to him, God forbid? But you can't live your life like that, always thinking something's going to happen. I understand that. But, but with this virus, it's different. I, I think my point is it's just, for me at least, it's different from 9-11. I understand people trying to make the connection, but I, I can't connect it like that. Based on my personal experience, what I saw, what I lived through, how it affected me, how it still impacts me to this day. And I guess that, you know, and that's what Lewis was saying, that unfortunately every single person has a different level of comfort or what they choose to believe from the media or the CDC or wherever people are getting their information. And that's going to fuck everything up because if we're all not getting the same information and we're all not trying to move towards the same goal, we're basically fucked. And that's all I'm saying. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I will do my best to mentally compartmentalize and function because you can't not function the option. There, there is no alternative. The alternative is bleak and gloomy and I won't allow myself. And I work really hard to not let myself go in that direction and go down that rabbit hole. And some days it's easier than others. And I don't know if that's because I am physically alone here, like I know there's FaceTime, I know there's video chat, I know there's Zoom, I know there's cable and internet and all that, but it's different than physically being around people. And I don't know if, it, if it's worse if you're, with, if you're with your family, and this sounds terrible, but then there's nowhere to go and you're around the same people constantly and you can't really get away. I guess if you, that also depends on how much space you have, how much room you have. I mean, there are people, so apartment size matters, layout of an apartment matters. If, are you in a house? Are you in the country? Are you... You know, down south. Are, I mean, there are so many factors that play into this. And that's also why I think it's very different from 9-11 or Katrina or earthquakes or people that, you know, live through and survive earthquakes or, you know, any type of life-altering event 
And, and, and I don't know. We can talk about it. We can continue to talk about it. We are going to continue to talk about it because what the fuck else are we going to talk about? So I just wanted to wrap this up. I wanted to thank Hazmat. I know it's hard with the, with the Buddha belly running around who always wants to see Woof Woof TV and doesn't really want to see me on the FaceTime. And I'm glad that we got the Woof Woof TV in. We got the rant in. We got the cowbell in. We're about to go kick off the DJ jam at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going we're gonna to bang one out for Cinco de Mayo, which is tomorrow. Uh, so hop on over 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m., uh, if you're on the left coast, uh, I'm not really sure what time it is. If you're, in, I think it's one hour earlier in Chicago. Uh, you know, in the Dominican, I think it's the same time. We got peeps from everywhere. That's basically the point. We got pastries. We got peeps. We got gardeners. We got bakers. We got words with friends, ass kickers. We've got, you know, tie dyers. We've got martini makers. We've got dog walkers. We've got plant delivery people. We got a shit ton of amazing people that come and hang out, and you should come and hang out too. And, uh, and join our little family. It has become like a little extended DJ Jam family that has hung out every single night for 51 nights at 8 o'clock for an hour watching me dance around like an idiot while they chit-chat about a zillion different things. And if you want to know what those things are, you have to come and find out for yourself. So I'm going to end this now because i got to go set up my uh, – do my whole DJ setup, get all my – my drinks together, my hydration, because I do jump around like a moron um, while the dog is clearly not affected and sleeps on the couch. And uh, and we'll be back. We're going to get, we got to check in on Linky. We got to check in on, we got, we got to, we also got to keep an eye on the peeps. We got to check in on all our peeps because, you know, everybody's going through shit and everybody's shit is different. And whenever, you know, somebody is impacted in a, in a way that is unfortunate and sad and, and, and hard and people are, there's challenges. There's people taking care of family members. There are people that are, you know, stuck in other countries. I mean, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be in a different country, separated from my partner, taking care of my elderly parents, one with a broken femur, the other one who has dementia by myself. I mean, so just, just remember that you're not struggling alone Everybody is struggling in some way and everybody is coping in some way. And if you need help coping while you're struggling, reach out to somebody. You're not alone. It sounds cheesy as all fucking get out, and, but you're not. You're really not. There's always someone a phone call away, a FaceTime away, a text away. Uh, many of us don't sleep and we're here. So reach out and uh, you know we'll get through it one day at a time, one hour at a time, one dance jam at a time, one rant at a time. You know, you got to get it out. Mental compartmentalization ends in ranting and venting and then feeling better. However, you got to get that out. Working it out, walking it out, talking it out, dancing it out, drawing it out, getting in the garden, getting your hands dirty, cooking, baking, candlestick making, whatever works for you. Find it and do it and do it often and uh, just find your happy place. Find a happy place and uh, until the next time, thanks for listening. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Put on a fucking mask. Check on your peeps and, 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 and I guess keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. It's complicated enough. Do the best you can and we'll get there. Until the next time, thanks for listening. Peace and hair grease. Peace.